0: namaskar and welcome to nfl masala i'm your co-host Anant, and i'm your other co-host rock welcome to episode number 42 of nfl
1: masala where we talk about all the latest happenings in the nfl with a little bit of spice how you doing my man i'm good bro how about you man I've been doing good. And before we continue, I would like to wish everyone, although it's very late, a happy Asian-American Pacific Islander Month and Mental Awareness Month.
0: Mm-hmm. Two and important now, months. Exactly. And then now the upcoming holiday, Memorial Day, we want to give a uh, um, you know, thanks and our gratitude for all the veterans who have given, uh, given their lives to the security of this nation. So thank you for that. Yeah,
1: salutes to you guys. Those are the real
0: MVPs. Exactly. Alrighty. So it's been a month since the draft. What are we gonna talk about? The draft. The and draft. Exactly. We're gonna we're gonna start with some Tamakadar news and then we're gonna get uh started talking about the draft and what happened you know how our teams did and then what are some of the best picks or the shandar picks that we're calling them of the draft that we saw and then the Karab picks so the worst picks that we saw and then after that we're just going to do a little bit of a, uh, a small shallow dive into the recently released NFL schedule for the 2023-2024 NFL season and then just talk about what you know our teams are going to look like what their records are going to be um just like a basic glance uh just just to get that thing started and then later on throughout the summer when we do a division breakdown we can talk about the exciting matchups we can talk about how those individual teams are going to do you know give each each one of the fans of those teams um something to root for so yeah so definitely
1: definitely for sure and i think and um And the thing is, like, we're not going to be focusing mainly. I mean, of course, like, we'd be focusing on our respective teams, the Packers and the Eagles, which I believe and are truly are America's only teams. Because I mean, Packers are one of the oldest franchise, oldest franchises in in NFL, made by the legend himself, Ed Curly Lambeau, and the Philadelphia Eagles, who were who were created from the from the nation's first capital. I'm just, I just like to toot my own horn, to, toot the horn on this one. But let's
0: get going, my man. <laughs> All righty. So without further ado, let's get started with some Tamakada news. First, bit of news. The NFL owners are set to okay the 49ers' bid uh to host the Super Bowl 60 at Levi Stadium. Now this was previously not given before this uh, super bowl 60 um levi stadium would have been uh, w- would have hosted the super bowl 50 so almost 10 years ago uh the where the denver broncos beat the carolina panthers and then before that in the bay area the niners in the stanford stadium in 1985 hosted um you know the niners and the miami dolphins in which the niners won so this one they're hoping to bring uh Super Bowl sixty here with also the twenty twenty-six World Cup coming uh to the United States and North America as a region. Uh the FIFA, you know, soccer world cup. This is what we're talking about, uh, in, I in 2026. Wait for mm-hmm. that. I cannot wait mm-hmm. for that. So yeah, so that's one of their bids uh to key um to bolster their stadium for those two major, major events. And for that specific reason. At the March league meetings, the Niners sought to get a hundred and twenty million dollar million dollar loan from the NFL Stadium Fund to make improvements to Levi Stadium. So, that's their bid. Let's see if it does happen. Um, in that case, rents are going to be even higher in San Francisco for that one week, <laughs> as it already is. Uh huh. These are about to <laughs> skyrocket in prices.
1: It's insane, dude. But you know what? Will those fees be enough to, ha- to have um, all three QBs that are healthy? <laughs> exactly. Or a fourth
0: QB that's healthy.
1: <laughs> oh, Niners trans, don't take it too personal. Oh, wait. Take it personal. Like, seriously. It's a stupid... It's one of the stupidest rules I've ever seen, man. And that's a catch up moment.
0: Mm-hmm. Alrighty, Next bit of news. All right.
1: And before that... Um, on uh, May 19th, um, this was, um, it has been reported that one of the greatest football players ever, um, Jim Brown, running back for a long time running back for the Cleveland Browns, um, passed away. He was, um, he was an activist, an actor, and a football star. Um, and, into, in, and he was um, selected in 2020, he was selected at the NFL All Time 100, NFL 100 All Time Team and was ranked as the number one all-time player on College Football 150 list to celebrate those sporting anniversaries. Um, He was selected in the first round of the 1957 NFL draft, played nine seasons for the Cleveland Browns from 57 to 65, and led the league in rushing for eight of those years. Did you also know he was named a Pro Bowl player every year he played? He also led to the Browns... He also led to the Browns to... The league championship game three times. This is prior to the Super Bowl or prior to the NFL AFL merger. So he led the Browns to the league championship game three times. He won the title in 64 and was named MVP three times. What and um but one thing I really liked about Jim Brown, um he he also worked to empower the black community during the civil rights moment. Um he was part of the he organized the Cleveland Summit in night in June 60s 1967. Which included the names of Bill Russell and Lou Al Alcid- Alcindor, who you now know as the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and this was all to support uh, Muhammad Ali the boxer's fight against serving in, in Vietnam. He was also um, Jim Brown also worked to reduce gun violence to curb gun violence in L.A. and um, he found he founded in 1988 a Amer- Almer, um, I can a, pro- a program to help disadvantaged inner city youths and ex convicts, and he is advocated for the modern athletes to be more involved in the black community, which I which is really really powerful and great. Um, he retired at age thirty, and he was filmed in the movie The Dirty Dozen. But um, the NFL lost a legend in Jim Brown, so um, lots of prayers to this guy.
0: Couldn't have said it better. Rest in peace, Jim Brown. Next story is that there is an update on the commander sale this month as we had mentioned previously there's a uh, a team made up of um josh harris who is a owner of the philadelphia 76ers and the new jersey devils who play uh nhl hockey a team made up of josh harris was going to purchase this uh, uh purchase the commanders away from Dan and Tanya Snyder for 6.05 billion dollars but um the NFL voters will not vote on this sale during the meetings uh this week uh, in in Minnesota and if this sale would go through it would be the largest sale in sports history right previously we had last year where um, the Walton family who own Walmart and Sam's Club agreed to purchase Denver Broncos for 4.67, uh, $4.65 billion, right? So this would have been the largest sale in sports history if, if this were to happen. It's just that, you know, especially with all of the... Um, off the f- not off the field but like legal issues that is that is surrounding the Washington Commanders and especially Dan Snyder it's going to be difficult to wade through all the muck and all the financial disgusting practices that Dan Snyder had performed allegedly uh, as the owner of the uh, of the commanders so we'll see it's going to it's going to be a long process this is not going to be done in the, in the next week it's going to probably take several months maybe a year for everything to go through uh, until then, I feel bad for you, Commanders fans. I mean, you guys have given so much support to such a pathetic organization. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, but it's just going to be in limbo until they check every single, you know, checkbox, dot every I, cross every T, so on and so forth. But uh, that's it from this one. What is next, Rakshak? And
1: um, this is another set of news that i really wish we didn't want to cover but here it is um pat mcafee um if you all know about pat mcafee being the legendary sport um the the legendary um the talk talk host he um and, and he apparently he's gonna be bringing his weekday sports talk show the pat mcafee show to espn this fall as part of a multi-year deal um, they'll be airing live weekdays simultaneously on ESPN, ESPN Plus and ESPN's YouTube channel. And um, I don't know what to say about this. I, I, To be honest, I don't like it because Pat McAfee, the Pat McAfee show for me, it was like another outlet and not, not just listening to ESPN, Fox, or any other sports thing. But his was like pure independent and it had no filters, but coming on to ESPN. I um I, I don't know, man. I don't like it.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with your sentimentality there. What what Pat McAfee brought to the sports journalism and and the sports talk show world is honesty and authenticity, which you don't really see in all of these other talk shows that are run by by these major brands, right? Like ESPN, who's owned by Disney, obviously. Uh, Fox Sports, which is owned by you know Fox, uh, CBS has their own show, and then like that's that's pretty much about it. But the main the main shows are on ESPN and Fox, uh, especially um, their subsidiary channels like Fox Sports. So I I agree with you in that I hope that Pat McAfee is not filtered and he's not subjugated by ESPN's policies and moreover Disney's policies but we've seen that Disney can be a little bit more open minded than other companies uh with especially what's going on in Florida so yeah let's see let's see i mean from a business standpoint it makes sense for um for him because he was already a ESPN uh regular too in that uh he he used to be there for college game day right and then sometimes he would show up on those early morning shows like get up or um or one of those shows where he he would be some of those featured guests so Mm -hmm. if he's going to become a permanent thing on espn maybe he bleeds into more of those other shows too like get up or or stephen a smith maybe um he comes in on a regular, uh, on a, on a regular show like that on a pretty regular basis. Maybe he can bring in his comedy over there, and then we can see more of uh Pat McAfee. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I I kind of agree with you. Okay, so last but not least, major breaking news that just happened yesterday. We're recording this by the way on May twenty seventh. So on May twenty sixth yesterday, the Arizona Cardinals. Have released DeAndre Hopkins after just three seasons. Yeah. And exactly. And even more surprising, they still have, he still has two years left on his contract with roughly, um, how much did they say here? So this next season, they have roughly twenty-two point six million dollars in dead cap. Oh my! They God. will save exactly. They will still save eight million dollars in cap space in the next season, but he's still set to take uh, the the Cardinals are still set to take on a dead cap hit of twenty-two point six million dollars. That's a that's Jimmy Garoppolo QB type of money right there, dude.
1: I want to, that's I insane. Want that- Bro, you and I would want that money. I need that money to pay off my college loans, man.
0: (laughs) With that, you can buy like a thousand shares, a million shares of Facebook and become a minority interest. Um, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, But yeah.
1: I'm just insane. But like the thing is like now that he's a free agent, I know like he mentioned in one podcast with Brandon Marshall that he had like a couple of teams in mind. But dude, I cannot Mm -hmm. wait to see who is
0: going to get DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. Exactly. That's it for the Demacadar news. We're going to move on to the recap of the NFL draft, starting with what the Packers did. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. So me being professor Anant, my grade for the green Bay Packers on this 2023 NFL draft is decent. Okay. Not going to lie. It's not, you know, an A plus. It's it's not the perfect score that you want. Being an Asian, um, being with the mindset that we strive for perfection. What happened to
1: that hundred points?
0: Exactly. What um,
1: happened to that? 100?
0: Exactly. It's it's a solid B plus. I will I will give them that. Some of the pros in this draft, we got a lot of pieces for Jordan Love to work with in five new receiving options, two tight ends, three wide receivers. We also got a stud pass rusher to help out Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. We also got more D-line depth to help Kenny Clark and we got some special teamers like a kicker. Some of the cons. We did not put enough emphasis in the safety position. Where we got the safeties and any sort of uh, defensive back help is in the seventh round where we're basically looking for special teamers that's where we targeted safeties otherwise we're targeting d line we're targeting wide receiver and tight ends which i mean i get because you do want to um you do want to beef up the d line especially with what happened last year i think last year is more of a scheme issue in joe barry because you have someone like a uh you have someone like devonte white who was selected in the first round who played like of the entire defensive snaps on the entire year that's not acceptable as a first round pick give him a chance get him on like every single play possible give him a chance to make plays like that's it's insane that they didn't even trust him to do that so you know they have to do a better job of rotating these pass rushers in and out and I think with the release of Someone like uh, Jeron Reed, Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster. All these guys are gone, which means it's time for the young guns like Devontae Wyatt, like some of the players that we just drafted here, like TJ Slayton that we drafted two, uh, two years ago to step up and make a mark on the Packers' defense, especially to help out Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary in terms of the pass rush. So we did that uh, in, in terms of the cons. We also did not get O-line support in in the entire draft. I thought that maybe they would get maybe another tackle uh, just to see because, you know, David Bakhtiari, he's had major health issues for the past couple of years. He hasn't been healthy. He's played, you know, 15, 25% of the games that he's available. It's a rough estimate. It's not exactly accurate. But we need some help. On on the O line, I wasn't expecting them to go in the first or second round, but maybe later on in like the fourth or fifth rounds. But they didn't, so we're rocking with our current group. And then obviously we didn't draft Darnell Washington even in the second round, and we also let Brian Branch slide to the Lions. Like it's just there's so many things that are wrong uh, that I really did not like. But there are some really good moves that we made, especially in the early rounds, uh, and especially picking up some interesting pieces I will say that uh in the later rounds so that's why it's a B plus. Now the best part of this draft wasn't even the draft but really the trade haul that we got for Aaron Rodgers. So if you guys uh didn't know Aaron Rodgers is out of Green Bay Packers. He's been traded to the Jets and then uh in those in the in that trade the Packers received the 13th overall pick in this previous draft the 42nd overall pick which is in the second round The 207th overall pick, which is in the sixth round, a 2024 conditional second round pick that becomes a first round pick if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% or more of the total snaps of the entire year next year for. The Jets doesn't even, it's not even conditioned on the playoffs. It's not conditioned on the record. It's not conditioned on the stats. Just that he has to play for 65% or more of the snaps, which I think he will, which means it becomes a first round for us. Even if it's a late first round, at least we still have two first round picks next year. That's most likely going to happen. The Jets obviously get Aaron Rodgers. They also get the 15th overall pick from us, uh, for, for this past year and pick number 170, which is in the fifth round. So I think that was the best part of the draft. Now, let's move on in terms of a deep dive into what all of our picks were. First off, with our 13th overall pick, we drafted Lucas Van Ness. Okay, I was really high on this guy. Unlike uh, unlike Rakshak, who really did um. not like, um, who really did not like him. He would have preferred several other uh, pass rushers over Lucas Van Ness. And I can see why. Like some of his traits, especially the fact that he hadn't played a lot uh, at Iowa um, and that he was pretty, like, as, as a pass rusher, he had limited moves. But the moves that he had are still phenomenal. Like his bull rush, which is what made him so special, is so good. It's so powerful. And he's such a freaky athletic player. Right? I think uh, his RAS was some ridiculous score. I can't even... Uh, I'm, I'm just going to pull it up here. His RAS was 9.39 so very very athletic so that's that's why i really like him he's a lot like rashawn gary and if you have those two guys on opposite sides of the defense and then maybe preston smith coming in the interior or Devontae wyatt because we run a base um maybe let's say even if we run a base three four right you might have Devontae Wyatt, kenny clark and rashawn gary coming in as our three interior D linemen, and you have Preston Smith on the edge, and then maybe someone like a Kingsley and Igbari coming on the other edge. Or you have have Lucas Van Ness coming on that edge. So if you do something like that, like a pincer movement, that's exactly what it'd be. Like these guys bull rush so much, if you have a weak offensive line, it would be a pincer movement against that QB, and they're going to get smashed. So that's what we're hoping for. Let's just see if Joe Barry and his defensive coaching staff can utilize Lucas Van Ness and our defensive talent, defensive line talent, to the best of their abilities. So that was our first round pick. In the second round, we selected with our first second round pick at um, pick number eleven in the second round. We selected a tight end, Luke Musgrave. Okay, so. He wasn't my first pick. Obviously, at that point, uh, if we were to take a look at all of the draft picks that went um, during that time, in the second round, the tight ends that were selected before, Sam Laporta went to the Lions, Michael Meyer had gone to the Raiders, and then that was it. Then the next available for us was Luke Musgrave. We still had there. You still had... um, luke schoonmaker darnell washington brenton strange and then the rest you still had that so we selected luke musgrave i prayed to god that we had selected darnell washington and the reason why is that he's such a good scheme fit for us Darnell Washington's a freaky athletic tight end. He's like six foot seven, 270 pounds, but still runs like a four or five or some ridiculous. Oh no. He's like 9.99 RAS. some ridiculous amount. Okay. Sorry. 9.88 RAS. Okay. He's not a route runner, but he's a big, huge red zone target who also blocks like he is a freight train. Okay. Especially in the run blocking. So, since we run a lot of, uh, you know, twelve and twenty-two personnel, so two tight end sets, I really, really hope that we would get Darnell Washington because he's the sixth offensive lineman, right? You would be great, especially for a young QB like Jordan Love to know that there's an extra protector on the line, just by placing a tight end, right, in in that in that position. So it would have really helped with opening up the playbook even more helped with versatility because especially in the red zone, if you don't know who is going to be there, like let's say you have Christian Watson, you have Romeo Dobbs, you have, uh, someone else, uh, in the slot wide receiver. You also have another slot tight end, like, um, someone down, someone down the board, um, like Luke Schoonmaker or Will Mallory or Brenton strange. And then you have Darnell Washington as a sixth offensive lineman. Plus you have your running backs, who are you going to cover? Like that would have been such an interesting problem for defenses to manage, uh, especially for a young QB like Jordan Love who still has to prove himself. Um, this would have been great. But Luke Musgrave is still really good. I mean he's my he was my fourth uh, tight end uh, in my rankings. Number one w- was Michael Meyer. Number two was Darnell Washington simply because he's such an athletic freak and he had the highest ceiling. And then Dalton Kincaid, number three, and then Luke Musgrave, right? So if we talk more about Luke Musgrave, he's more like the Mike Gesicki mold, right? He is your prototypical big slot wide receiver who, you know, goes from the Y or the Z positions. He's got really quick feet and get off for his size. He shows his athleticism, especially with his route running. Okay. Um, But he's not that great of a pass blocker especially in our two tight end sets. So he's going to be that big slot wide receiver uh, doing all those like crosses and drags and all the all the, all the routes that run across the field. So he, he, he would be a really good threat in that. So I, I'm not going to knock this. I will only say that I would have preferred Darnell Washington, but Luke Musgrave is a pretty good second, like consolation prize. So I'll say that. Next second round pick. We drafted a wide receiver yet again, we drafted Jaden Reed, who initially I didn't really like because I thought that maybe we could have moved up and gotten Brian branch or, you know, gotten some other player there, right? Cause Brian branch was taken at pick 45 or the 14th pick, uh, by the lions and then we pick Jaden Reed five picks later. So maybe we could have traded up to let's say the Colts or or someone. We we had a ton of late round picks, so we could have packaged them and traded up and gotten Brian Bridge, but I guess they didn't really like him. But Jaden Reed is a really decently athletic slot wide receiver. Okay. He's got really good route running. Um, but he's just not in the mold he that that we typically draft for wide receivers. We typically draft wide receivers who are like six foot or higher uh, or taller. who have got a bigger frame. But this guy is more of a slot wide receiver. Uh, he's 5'10", 5'11", uh, 187 pounds. And he would be an interesting fit in this uh, Packers lineup. And the reason why I think he's an interesting fit here is if we just take a look at our our wide receiver chart. You have Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. They're going to be our number one and two. Then you have uh, the three wide receivers that we did pick. Yeah, so I was right. Okay, so we did pick three wide receivers. We picked two tight ends. Okay, I'm stupid. I don't know why. Okay. So...
1: Hang in there, bud. Hang in there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, so... You have Christian Watson, Romey Dobbs, and then you have Jaden Reed coming in as a slot, and then you have all our other wide receivers. Now we have 10 wide receivers on our roster. Maybe we're going to dwindle it down to like seven or eight, probably eight. Um, so we'll see who gets cut. But that's 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 what we have. So Jaden Reed is going to be an interesting role player. Hopefully he's going to be better than Amari Rogers was in the slot. He was not good. Yeah. Um, Maybe he can replace Randall Cobb, become a trusted weapon, trusted outlet for Jordan Love. So we'll see. So that was our second round pick. Then we had our third round pick where it was, um, in this case, Tucker Craft. So Tucker Craft is a blocking tight end. Okay. Why didn't we select Darnell Washington before? Like that's what I always go back on. Why? Like, I was because,
1: to, okay. I have to tell you this. I was watching the third. Like I was, um, I was on the Fourth and John podcast, um, live when I was watch. When I was also we were watching for the second and the third rounds, but don't, Darnell Washington was on your hands. Why?
0: Yeah, I, I know. I know. It's just frustrating. It's it's frustrating because I really thought that they were going to be they they were going to draft him because he's such a good fit for us. But I guess they didn't yeah. because he was later selected by the Steelers. The Steelers at number ninety-three. So we could have selected Darnell Washington at pick fifteen, but we went but with no.
1: Tucker Craft. No, yeah. no, you decided to go with Tucker Craft. Uh, I'm sorry, man, but. I have to have you that Packers on this one. Like Darnell Washington, he would have made your offense so ridiculously, like stupidly amazing. Like right. imagine the O line, and you're putting Darnell Washington on either, like either the right side or the left side. Like, it, I mean, if he develops that that blocking ability, oh my god, it would be unfair. And I and I had and the thing is, like, had the Packers got him, I I had a bull, I had a I had the beat the dome moment right there, available to go. Packers would have won won the NFC North without Pick. Oh, they would have won wow. it.
0: Okay, yeah,
1: because okay. he's a better he because he has the size. He has that freakish athleticism. I mean, if you want to talk about that, see the combine tape. Like and exactly, like it, it, I'm sorry, man. I I cannot talk about this. That's up. go ahead.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So, but Tucker craft is still a very good tight end. Like this tight end class is very, very stacked. Like you could go even down to like the sixth tight end and still have a quality starter, which you can't really say in other draft classes. So this was a really nice stacked draft, especially at a time where we lost both of our tight ends in, in big Bob Tunyon and most likely Mercedes Lewis. So yeah. So Tucker Kraft, he's a very good blocking tight end. He reminds me a lot of Jason Witten's blocking. Uh, but he still has to develop some of his uh receiving skills, especially up the seams. He played at South Dakota State, which means like his competition isn't that great. So that's one of the reasons why I I wasn't really that high on Kraft, but the fact that we have Tucker Kraft and Luke Musgrave means we're go- they're going to be on the field like 75% of the time and it's because of our two tight end sets whether it's going to be 12 or 22 personnel or even 23 personnel sometimes so yeah um i like it i like the selection i would have preferred darnell washington especially if we're looking for a blocking tight end because darnell washington's blocking skills are far superior to tucker craft and darnell washington played in a far far superior uh, division and conference in the FBS, whereas Tucker Craft played in the FCS um, right at, at South Dakota State. But he's he's going to be a good tandem pick uh, um, <clears throat> with Luke Musgrave. Next, in the fourth round, we selected Polby Wooden. He was a defensive tackle out of Auburn. He is a decent interior three-tech rusher. He he can be pushed around sometimes in the running game, and he can use his strength and hands for leverage because that's that's what he does best, is he uses his hands for leverage against guards. Uh, but he needs to have other moves, and that's why he's a fourth round pick. Like he's he's a good filler replacement like backup. For someone like a Devontae, or maybe even Preston Smith, uh, someone who can come in the interior of the D line and help out Kenny Clark. He doesn't really have like the biggest body. Uh, he's not like a three hundred pounder interior D lineman. He's more like two seventy ish. So yeah, I think he's a decent one. Okay, fourth round pick. Not really something to you know uh, talk about. Sean Clifford is our f- first fifth round pick. Uh, he's a QB out of Penn State. He's just a backup QB. I mean, he had a couple of Penn State records, uh, but he's not really a threat to Jordan Love as it's Love Show right now. It's just another body to have in camp. Uh, maybe they could have gotten even lower, maybe in like the sixth round or something, but it's fine. It's a fifth round pick. He's going to be there. Uh, he, he's going to, you know, he's not going to compete with Jordan Love. He, he's there as a backup role. Next. We selected the uh, Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver. Okay, he's one of those bigger-bodied uh, players. So you I think he's like six one or six two, um, and he's around like two hundred pounds. So he's one of those typical big-body wide receivers that we really look at and for Dontavian he's more of a deep threat than what Jaden Reed is. Like Jaden Reed is your slot wide receiver. That's that's what the role that he can play. Dontavian Wicks is more of your outside wide receiver, especially in the Z position where he's not necessarily on the line and on the boundary but he's close to it, right? He's opposite of the of the X wide receiver. Uh which is going to be Christian Watson. So for Dontavion Wicks, he has really good get off the line agility and feet movement, and he has really strong hands for those deep jump balls. But he does have some body catch drops, which means he doesn't really catch with his hands; he catches with his chest, and that will uh, that allows the body to uh, that allows the football to be less in uh, that allows that forces the wide receiver to be less in control of the football because it's it's more. Moving and it's it's not that secure, so that's something that he has to improve on. But I'm a I'm a little more, bit more excited on to, uh, on Dontavian Wicks than Jaden Reed. But he's a he's a good fifth round pick. I'll, I'll give him that. He's a good really good fifth round pick, third or fourth wide receiver depending on the situation. Next we got Carl Brooks, who's a sixth round selection, the first sixth round pick, and. He's not a very athletic defensive end, but he's he's a massive space eater, right? Unlike someone like Colby Wooden, who is not a space eater, but he is one of those athletic, you know, interior pass rushers. Carl Brooks is a space eater. He's six foot four, three hundred pounds. He plays either nose tackle or three tech in a four-three defense. And surprisingly, he's had more than a hundred pressures in two years. At, at the college level, playing for Bowling Green, so that speaks a lot to his um, his ability for interior pressure, and that's what really excites me, right? So it's a really good bonus for him, and and a really good pass rushing help on the interior for Kenny Clark. But in run defense, he's not really good. He can really get tall, so I think I would I would plug in De, uh, Don uh, Devonte Wyatt there, obviously a lot more or T.J. Slayton. But Carl Brooks is a good second-round pick, uh, sixth-round pick. Excuse me. Our other sixth-round pick is a kicker, our Anders Carlson, um, from Auburn. So he's going to be our replacement for Mason Crosby. That's that's going to be there. He ended up being second in Auburn's history for career field goals made, at seventy-nine field goals. The issue is he's coming off of a torn ACL. So it's going to be very interesting to see how his leg strength is going to be, especially with a torn ACL. Um, can he even hit those long balls? Maybe is it going to put a lot more pressure on on Jordan Love and the offense to get within like a much closer field goal range if he doesn't have the uh, have the leg strength to hit it big? But he's a he's the end of the sixth round selection, close to a seventh round selection. So that's fine. He's just going to be there to replace Mason Crosby probably at the end of this year, just as competition for now. Now, the first of four seventh round picks that we have is a cornerback, finally, named Carrington Valentine, who's very athletic. He has a decent 40 yard dash at 444. Uh, he's got really good height weight measures. I think he's like six foot one, like 180, 190 ish pounds. He's got really solid zone coverage skills, and he's got really good change of direction ability and hip movement, which can really pencil him and transition to maybe a free safety. So that could be really good, but sometimes he could get lazy, and he could you know, overrun those wide receivers, which means he has to catch up. So that's one of the issues, and that's why he's like a seventh-round pick. So I think he's going to start in special teams. But hopefully he can be penciled in for a couple of plays in, in free safety and see where we can go from there. the second seventh round pick that we have is Lou Nichols the third running back out of central Michigan okay he's a bowling ball type of figure he's like 510 222 pounds but he's athletic enough to be really good in the screen game and pass protect in like that full back role. So if you have someone like an Aaron Jones right? and you wanna give A.J. Dillon a rest, then this is someone who you, who you would have. Or you would have Lou Nichols coming in as a fullback role, coming in as, if Aaron Jones is gonna be your lead runner, then Lou Nichols can be your swing or, or motion running back, or, <clears throat> or one of those running backs in the flats. Uh, or can be like a screen decoy, for example. So they, it could be really exciting. Uh, his his receiving skills as a bowling ball running back is really good. So that's a good seventh-round selection. Our next one, Anthony Johnson Jr. is a safety. He's your typical free safety uh, build and athleticism, especially his hip movement and his long arms, much like Carrington Valentine. And he's a really good hitter, too. But... His backpedal needs some work. He can he sometimes overruns in his backpedal, which means he has to either catch up or or he overplays a wide receiver coming in for those uh deep posts or deep corners. So that is something that he's going to have to take a look at. And then if you look at our safety depth right now, right? It's not good. Okay. You have Jair and Rasul Douglas, uh, and then Eric Stotz. That's our Top three. All right. Then you have Darnell Savage, who's penciled in as our starting free safety, and then Jonathan Owens, who's our starting strong safety. So it's really who can show who can make the most amount of plays and give up the least amount of big plays, because that was our big issue previously, is we gave up a lot of big plays due to miscommunication and being out of position in the scheme, especially in that first game against the Vikings, where. Justin Jefferson went off for like a career high of 180 yards or 190 yards or something like that. It was largely because our, our defensive backs were out of position and did, were not in sync on where to be. And they were just making bad moves consistently. So it's not good that we drafted two potential safeties in the seventh round. I really hoped that we would have done it before Especially with Brian Branch dropping out of the first round, going into the second round. He would have been a really, really good, strong safety slot cornerback replacement for us. And then if you want, you could have moved Rasul Douglas to free safety or something. But that didn't happen. This is what we did. And then our last pick, who I'm actually pretty excited about, is Grant DuBose, who is a wide receiver. Um, He has very good quickness off the line and agility in running routes. Okay, He's also like 5'11", 190-ish pounds. He's kind of like a really fun gadget-sized wide receiver. Uh, Sorry, a bowling ball-sized gadget uh, receiver in man coverage especially. Um, In the red zones too, where he can be moved from backfield to the Z and running those uh, cross or post or drag or motion routes. He could be a fun addition to the offense. And the fact that we got him in the seventh round, 30th, like one of the last picks in the seventh round, it's really good. I could see him uh, having some plays, some snaps in in the red zone and to see if he can be used maybe as a decoy, maybe as like uh, using other wide receivers like Romeo Dobbs as decoys and then letting Grant DuBose sneak out uh, from underneath the coverage using his natural agility, and then just the the scheming. So that was our draft selections. You know, really good selections in Lucas Van Ness, uh, Tucker Craft. I would have hoped for Darnell Washington, but uh, fine. Carl Brooks was a pretty good selection for us. Um, And then Grant DuBose, I think, is a really good selection. Dante Vion Wicks is a pretty good one. And then that's some of the others are misses. I think you know Luke Musgrave not being, uh, or Darnell Washington not being selected, Brian Branch not being selected. Where we selected Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft. I think if we had gotten at least one of the two pre, uh, players that I mentioned, I would have been, I would have bumped this up to an A. But because of that, I think it's a B plus. We still have safety holes to fill. Like that's going to be the biggest issue here safety how who's going to play safety both safety positions and let's see if they mess up or or if they if they remain solid then that's good another thing to look at is how is our defensive line rotation going to look like all right because you have kenny clark tj slayton Devontae wire preston smith Rashawn gary kingsley and igbari now lucas van ness how are they going to rotate that? Because we'd still run a 3-4 base, base 3-4. So it's going to be interesting. But yeah, that's it from the Packers. What about the Raksha? Uh What about the Eagles, Rakshak? Oh, God.
1: <laughs> okay, so with that, um, Arant, I think um, I want to start a new religion. Mm-hmm. A new side religion, but um, do you, would you like to hear more about our Lord and Savior, Howie Roseman of the
0: Philadelphia Eagles? Nah, I'm good. I'm just going to get water, and then I'll let you rant. I'm good. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> All I have to say is, what
1: a freaking draft by the Eagles, man. Howie Roseman has done it again. Going like the Eagles finished off fourteen uh, last year. If you look at the twenty twenty two Eagles, which I thought was like one of the the most talented team in the entire like of all in the entire NFL, but they, I mean they dominated their opponents. But when it came to the Super Bowl, they were three points short of beating you know to the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, and unfortunately, one of the biggest points was that they were not able to get to the QB. So what does Howie Roseman do? he decides to bring talent that can either get to that can get to the QB and stop the run on defense and of course help Jalen Hurts um after an MVP like season before he got hurt and with this they were he was able to bring talent on the for the, the like one of their a lot of their defensive picks came from the universe from one of the best defenses in college football history that that won the championship back to back. That I'm talking about the University of Georgia at Admins Bull Dogs to beef up that defensive line, which is the goal is to stop the run and get to the QB. Um, honestly, I when looking at the overall picture, I wish they could have addressed the safety in the linebacker and linebackers a little bit more, but we did end up getting a safety in the third round, but no linebacker in this draft. So, but we were able to pick up one in Ben Van Sumerin. But I honestly think how he isn't done yet because he's always looking for the Eagles to like not only look to go to continue that success and help Jalen Hurts win the Super Bowl. But um, also, this is but this is also going to be the same team that has lost two of their um, two coordinators and Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon, I will not miss him. I'm happy with Sean Desai coming in and implementing a Vic Fangio-like defense, um, since he is a disciple of it. And by the way, Indian Indian Ameri- um, um, one of the top players of Indian, de- one of the top um, coordinators of Indian descent to have such a role. Got to represent that DC pride, Sean Desai. And then um, Brian Johnson, who used to be the quarterback's coach for the Eagles, and Jalen Hurts' mentor, going to be an offensive coordinator soon, who is now the offensive coordinator. That, we'll need to see what type of play calling he does because he's going to take over what Shane Steichen does. Um, but let's get to it. Let, we had got to talk about the first round. So there were some big moments happening, but like overall, the first pick, You, the Eagles move from the 10th from from number 10 to number nine with the trade with the Bears. They get Jalen Carter at number nine. Like, wow! Like, you at like, I he is to be like the most talented prospect in the NFL draft, uh, in this NFL draft class. Like, I don't care what they say, but before that. We have to talk about this. So before the start, the Eagles improved, um, had to get; they did get a couple of uh, additional draft picks as part of a settlement with the Arizona Cardinals, who have been impermissible, in- who had, who, who were in contact with defensive coordinator then Jonathan Gannon in days after the NFC Championship game. So because of tampering like this, the Eagles were, mo- were able to move up from pick 194 um, at the back of the third round to the number 66 pick in front of the third round and they sent the 2024 fifth round pick to the Cardinals as part of their settlement. So with that, it was with that, like the Eagles had some favorable drop position, but let's talk about it again. Number one, you traded from pick 10 to pick nine. It switched spots with the bears and a 2024 fourth round pick to get Jalen Carter. Like, oh my God. Having a three hundred fourteen pound defensive tackle with explosiveness, speed, and change, he is. Bas- you put him in the, in the defensive line interior with Fletcher Cox to offset the, the loss of jo- of Javon Hargrave, and you reunite him with his ex college teammate in Jordan Davis. Yes, yes, and can I say again? Yes, on early like he he's really powerful against the run. Um, He can anchor in two gap. Basically, he can change for pursuit. And I got to give a shout out to him, Jimmy Kempsky, a Philly voice, for providing this information. He could smash single blocks, make place in the backfield. And oh my God, as a pass rusher, I mean, he had like three sacks, three batted passes, two forced fumbles in 2022. But he has the ability to get to the quarterback. Like single blocks, he will destroy those blocks. But if you loop him around the edge because of that speed and explosiveness, there's this one play in which the LSU, like, he technically sacked a guy by, like, barely hugging. He, like, lifts, like, if you watched um, LSU versus Georgia in the champ, I believe it was the cha- SEC championship game. He, like, just bull rushes through the LSU offensive line. He lifts the LSU QB off the ground. He used to play blowdown bull down dead, and he celebrates his sack by continuing to hold this trophy with one hand. <laughs> But yes, there's a definitely some character concerns with Jalen Carter, but um but but like having this veteran presence who can like like Fletcher Cox and of course his teammate from Georgia Jordan Davis to help him out, that is a really really great pick. And um and and like and of course like his combine and his pro day like really hurt because of like the 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 car racing incident and right now he's going through like some Going going through that process, but he has he's in a room full of st- a strong culture. Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, and even Jalen freaking Hurts. I mean, you have to be fortunate to be in this locker room. So Javon Hargrave, excellent pick. Then next round. Um, but but still, so, well, wait, we're not done yet because we still have to because our set our third. Our, our, our second first round pick at pick number 30 the the it, the players kept on going but apparently one name fell to the eagles at pick number 30 and they selected um outside linebacker or edge nolan smith the eagles could have selected nolan smith at number 10 i wouldn't mind it but he like nolan smith was like the most impressive athlete in the draft i mean he was like He had he had that four he ran a four point three nine at the comp at the forty yard dash with the combo, vertical jump at forty-one and a half inches at two hundred and thirty-eight part pounds, like dear lord, like he was a physical run defender, um, willing to set the edge so his teammates at Georgia could collect the tackles. He is a he was like a player with with character and leadership skills. He was a captain. He was a you remember he was one of the captains of that Georgia defense that led that team, and he's undersized. But you you put him in a rotation with Has, to learn with Hassan Reddick, who like I think like Nolan Smith's um, NFL comp was is Hassan Reddick, and you're having two Hassan Reddicks on the lineup. I mean, he could turn him from like a great end from a great passer from a great rotational in year one, and then lead the team back and and become a new captain of this team like oh my god he is going to work well in Sean desai's defense and um like he's not the most polished rusher but he does have the discipline to learn the finer details and reach the ceilings but like oh my goodness what a steal at number 30. i thought he would go like I, of course like he fell down because of the, the because um he had a pectoral issue that ended his season in 2022 but like oh my goodness! Like Anand, un- un- how do you let the Eagles get back-to-back Georgia players in the first round? Getting Jalen Carter at number nine and watching Nolan Smith fall to number thirty. Tell me,
0: I blame the other teams.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like the, the Jets, funny-
0: who selected uh, Will McDonald over Nolan Smith. And you
1: know, it's even more funny, but bro, like my at the Bleacher Report um draft um draft stream when I was while I was keeping it side by side when we did the first round draft reaction, A.J. Brown was tossing a bunch of tissues for like Micah Parsons who was crying. He's like, man, this is even unfair. And A.J. Brown said, offered him an invitation. I'm like, come on, A.J. Brown. Uh, come on, come on, Micah Parsons. Come to the Eagles. You'll be much more better here. And then the second round, the Eagles trade this to the second overall pick number 62 to the Texans to get number pick, pick 65 and added a sixth round pick and a seventh round pick picked so with that we go to the third round and the third round um basically what they did is the the goal was best available in position needs again i want to give a shout out to jimmy kemsky for like his draft analysis um of the philly voice so with this the eagle select number um, these select offensive line tyler steen um at from alabama and other sec guy like if you're gonna be looking for success and you're looking for best players to fit, not only do you select the good athletes, but also select teams like from, from teams from schools that have played in an NFL level like um conference, like the SEC Championship or maybe Big Twelve or that that's what i'm thinking sec if, if you want to target that area that's perfectly great i think tyer steen it was a potential for him to compete with cam jurgens at that right guard spot because isaac Samalo left um and again this is i believe this was a jeff stoutland university pick um because and now they're listing him from o-line to guard so i'm bit, but um he does have um an impressive athleticism I think like he was a great, he was able to protect the blind side of Bryce Young, at, the, at um, who was in the, who went number one overall pick. He has more upside in the interior from, from what Scouts has selected. And that's what, obviously what Nick Sirianni mentioned, but I think it's going to be a battle between him and Cam Jurgens to see who is going to, who is going to um fit, put in for that right guard spot. Uh, but like right now, the favorite is going to be Cam Jurgens. But it's not going to be handing it. You got to earn it, man. That's how it is. But and also like, I've heard I I heard that like if if um the if there's an if um if the Eagles have like adding in more steam, they got more offensive line depth. And um, when you take a sixty-five player a player the to top sixty-five, you basically have to start and. Thinking if Jason Kelsey retires, you have Cam Jurgens coming in the center, and then you have to assume Tyler Steen takes over. But overall, it's a good pick. Um, then and pick number three, Anna, To my surprise, the Eagles actually selected a safety uh, instead of Brian Branch, who I wanted. They get Sidney Brown, another high-level safety. Like there's this. I watched this documentary about him and his twin brother Chase Brown. Who, who lived in, uh, who, who were like from both, from both from Canada, like their journey to get to play football. I mean, those two were amazing at Illinois, at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, the Fighting Illini. By the way, side note, that's where my eldest cousin um, Preetiaka um, graduated from. So shout out to her, shout out to any Illinois alumni. But um Sydney Brown, great pickup at number sixty six, some um, good athletic physical safety. He could play in the box. And he was a highly productive player for the Illinois deep secondary that had Devin Witherspoon and I believe um Jatavius, I think was it Jatavius Martin? Another uh, thumb, correct me on that one if you find it. Um He definitely provides some competition for Terrell Edmonds, Reed Blankenship, Justin Evans, and Kevon Wallace. He's a very physical and hard-hitting safety. I mean, his twin brother, Chase Brown, who is now a running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, so good job on the the Bengals. Um, In 2022, he was very productive. I mean, he had 60 tackles, six interceptions with a pick six, a forced fumble, and a fumble return for a touchdown. He makes big plays, but I could see him lining up as a box safety. And um, he often plays up near the line of the scrimmage. Li- he played um, at the near the line of scrimmage for Illinois. But I would love to see what type of defense Sean DeSai runs with him. And I think he can. Um, I think yeah, I could also see him going uh, him as a fe- as a special teams player. But like he has a high character, personal because his family. I, I mean, listen to his backstory, man. It is amazing. So high player, high character. I mean, productive he's going to be a great pick but then um, then of course another trade happened in the in the for, um they traded the eagles traded 2024 third round pick for the 105th pick overall um and with the texans and they sent and they get another georgia player anand guess who that georgia player is is it on defensive line is it on the corners pick a guess <laughs> Let me guess. Corner. Yes, they select like Keely Ringo, aka the cornerback from Georgia, who had that miraculous pick six to win that 2021 championship game over Bryce Young and the Alabama Crimson Tide. I mean, you're adding I mean, he I thought he was gonna be a late first round pick. I had him going at 31, 31 or like or early second round. He was he he's 6'2, 207. He ran a 4.36, but he's a great player, size to his advantage, both in press coverage and especially on the contested catches and tacklers. Great awareness in the zone. But again, he leaves a little bit too much space. And if you and people are gonna talk about the Ohio State Georgia game, Anand, I think you can agree with this. Whenever he was paired up against Marvin Harrison, he got toasted. And he has that inability, and I think it's due to like the the flexibility of like um like switching from his hips, that's where he had a lot of trouble. I mean, did you see that Marvin Harrison Keely Ringo tape? Like he got toasted against those guys. Like
0: Yeah, no, I wasn't able to watch it, but yeah, I I could see.
1: Yeah, he I mean, like against so those skilled, but again, like in this last two years seasons, he had 76 tackles, four interceptions, 15 pass breakups, and a forced fumble um he gives too much separation on man coverage but guess what he is in a backfield which in what the eagles are kind of loaded in corner but he gets to learn and and get time to groom to learn to get a um maybe even a starting role like he gets to learn behind darius slay and james bradbury and even avante maddox like this cannot like this is great to learn from him get himself a mentor and he's gonna do great man and I know by the way, Anna, the Eagles are not done with selecting Georgia players. Instead, they trade with the Detroit Lions. They basically give the Eagles give up a 2025 fourth-round pick and swap seventh round picks in the 2023 draft with the Detroit Lions. And the line, and with that, the Eagles get um DeAndre Swift. <laughs> Oh, my God, what a pickup by Howie Roseman. I mean, he's a very dynamic run. He was very dynamic with the Lions as a runner and a, and a receiving option when healthy. That's the only key that they had. And by the way, he went to St. Joe's Prep, which is another, um, which is a, a school in Phila- in Philadelphia. Not well known, but apparently everyone knows about that. So, I mean, dynamic, I mean, with DeAndre Swift as a, as a lines, both as a runner and a receiver, Anand can attest to him how effective he is when he's healthy. Is he effective? Yes or no? Yep. He tested y'all for sure. I'm guessing, but he definitely has the, the, he, um, I mean, basically he has the quickness and the wiggle room to make linebackers and safeties miss at that second level, like Miles Sanders did. But then again, you're adding him in a backfield with Rashad Penny, Biot, um, Rashad Penny, Kenny Gainwell, and Boston Scott. And and the crazy thing is, DeAndre Swift has one year left in his rookie year contract and will count for only one point seventy eight, one point seven eight million dollars in the Eagles' cap. He's technically the most expensive running back on the team. <laughs> oh my God, Howie Roseman. Is a mad genius for that. But if Swift and, Pe- and and Rashad Penny are healthy, then it's great. Then for the last couple of picks, um, Eagles again traded up with the Texans. I am not going to get to it because it's like cool, whatever. Then they traded, then they released Marvin Wilson defensive tackle. But round six, but um, but round six, they um the QB factory is back a month. And they selected um, the Eagles selected Tanner McKee, quarterback from Stanford. Um, I did not like this pick because um, although you have like three QBs, I thought you could have gone with Dorian Dorian Thompson Robinson, who has that mobility, same kind of physical, same kind of um, gameplay with Jalen Hurts. But you go with him. I mean, you could have also picked a linebacker at that spot, but he's all right. I mean. 63.2% 63.2 percent completion, seven point yard, pa- uh, yard pass per attempt, um, 28 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He did have a, some success in the 2022 year, but strong arm, but he has very limited mobility. So that's why I'm really shaky about this. I mean, there's one thing that I've learned about with Nick Sirianni. He has like four um, he has four things that he looks for in a quarterback. I think this is something that could be helpful. He looks for accuracy, number one. Number two, decision-making. Number three, the ability to create with mobility. And number four, above-the-line arm strength. Can they make at least every NFL throw? If you have with Jalen Hurts, he struggles with a little bit of accuracy and decision-making. But, and of course, there will be chances for him to improve. Tanner McKee will, will not have the ability to create with mobility, but he does have a little bit, but I mean, like, we have to. I think he's gonna be like a good camp body. I think. Um, I see him battling with Ian Book for the QB role number three. But in my opinion, I got to see more from him in training camp. But yeah, in round number seven, Anant, one time only in the podcast, I am going to sing this song. <clears throat> the eyes of Texas are upon you. No, 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 no. Nope. I'm not gonna do it. Nope. I will not sing it. With that, the Eagles select, the round, with round seven, pick number 249, they get Mauro, Eagles select Moro Ojomo, defensive tackle from UT Austin. Um, I had him, honestly, I had him going in the fourth of the sixth rounds um, when I did the mock draft a couple of times. But to get him here is pretty much of a good value. 42 games at UT, um, 2022, he had 32 tackles, five for a loss, and three sacks. He's more of a good, solid run defender. And he does, and of course, the key thing was athletic traits. And um, what I really liked about his report, like he does have the ability to like, um, he's a very natural powerful defensive um, lineman. And you could either put him between edge and tackle. He's based it as a base end, but um, doesn't have that much quickness to exploit the interior blockers very tight but he can fight through blocks with upper body power so um he be he's gonna probably be a good solid backup in either an odd or an even front and um he was at and i think he provides a lot more competition with um with marlon tuipolotu and Contavia street and it's a great solid pickup at the end um uh and i mean over and i'm not and the thing is i'm not going to get through the undrafted free agents because the Eagles had a, got like a ton of wide receivers. They picked up Eli Rakes, Makai Gardner, just the name of you They actually got a punter in Ty Zentner to give battle for Aaron Sipos. but I mean, but and they did pick up a linebacker, uh, a linebacker in Ben Van Sumeran. But overall, um, I wanna give this an A minus because um the Eagles are able to select, they were able to reinforce that nasty defensive line and um they actually added some depth in the safety and the and the corner room but i wish they could have gotten linebacker but they did not but they managed to grow this QB QB factory keep it running um i thought it was going to be broken and long gone but um it's they i mean they but they they're going to have a, a defensive line that is going to be nasty and on a, i I have a petition to rename the Philadelphia Eagles into the Philadelphia Bulldogs um, because they're basically going to draft every Georgia player. But overall, I will give this an A minus. What are are your thoughts on that?
0: I I would give this an A plus. I mean, this is probably the best draft that any team has drafted this year. Hands down. Hands down. I think Seahawks would probably make a case for, for their draft as well, especially in the first round. But, you guys stole it. I wish I, I thought it. I
1: think it would have been really perfect if he had gotten a linebacker. But that's my only take on this. Because, but then again, I don't think Howie's done making moves. And I can, but I then again, I cannot see a line that where the Eagles go with just Nicobe Dane, and Nicholas Morrow. I mean, it, what it, if I, what if
0: you guys drafted Darnell Washington? I would have. Oh my God! I would, I would have quit I would uh, quit but here's my problem on
1: that like the Eagles um, had an offseason pickup with getting Dan Arnold which I'm okay with he was a good serviceable like he's a good serviceable second round yeah card. but he's like 28 right but I think like you only keep him and you can all you could put it if you're gonna go too tight and set you can have Dallas Goddard and then Blocking didn't have Dan Arnold or put Jack Stoll and Dan Arnold, but no,
0: you have you have Dallas Goddard more in the receiving option, right? right. Like this, these. W- imagine your receivers. You have AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and maybe you have either Swifty or Gainwell out on the backfield, and you have Darnell Washington plus that O line plus Jalen Hurts. Oh God, uh, like, is that's a- just I- your running like twenty-two personnel. Not even just receiving. Yeah. And then imagine that in the red zone. Oh! That's what I'm saying. Like, More, uh, Darnell Washington la- lasted till the third round. You guys had, like, four picks by then.
1: Yeah. I so, think, like, have you gotten dark? Okay. But I think, like, it, but, like, yeah, Darnell Washington, that offense would be
0: ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, that's Alrighty. all I got for the Eagles righty, I mean, that's a fantastic selection for you guys. So really good draft by the Eagles. I would give them an a or an even an a plus, um, instead of an a minus and you know, the Packers B plus, what do you, what do you give the Packers? I would give the Packers a high B plus.
1: I thought Lucas Van Ness was a good signing for you guys at the late rounds. Cause he gets to learn from like like Sean Gary and Kingsley and Igbari. Um, I do not like that Luke Musgrave pick. I don't know why you did not pick Darnell Washington over him. Had you gone Darnell Washington and Tucker Craft, I'd have been okay with that, but you'd but you know, have been really amazing and like just to screw around with the NFL, man. And The it, the um, Packers selected Jackson Smith jig- yeah. <laughs> and Jigman.
0: Yeah. And then just to piss off Aaron too.
1: Rodgers and Aaron just like, oh, now you draft the
0: Rodgers. Exactly.
1: I mean... It's it's tough to to evaluate like what your team needs are, but exactly John Clifford, I've seen a lot of him play. As that was a very questionable pick. And yeah,
0: that that's why I said like he's just a backup. He's just there to fill up the backup roles. That's I've, all.
1: Uh, I think I would say Camp Body, but Anthony Johnson Jr. Um, I had him going. Uh, I'm like he was like drafted in the sixth or the seventh round, correct? Yeah. Yeah, i had him as a late round good pickup i'm guessing it's going to be a special teams or a camp body but um andres carlson i think definitely um ha- actually gives more competition for um for your kicker man like special mm-hmm. teams i mean is rick is if rich, if rich is still there man then i think he's good
0: Yeah, yeah, he's still there so we are good for now so we'll oh see. yeah
1: i think like uh yeah all um but so far i would give it a b plus um, it would have been an A minus for me had you gone Darnell Washington. And if you just taken Brian Branch and done us all a favor, then I would have been super happy. But damn it, the Lions. They first yeah. take RC Gardner Johnson from us because of a stupid. His is Dude, his agent is stupid in this case. And, and then, um, Oh, my God. I'm about to get an aneurysm from this. And then, Brian Branch, you take two players I wanted. Mm-hmm. hmm Oh, pain. Okay, All on, Please move on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All righty. So, now that we've done talking about our team picks, let's talk about the Shandar picks. So, for me, the best steal, right, the Shandar pick, the best Shandar pick that was there was Christian Gonzalez to the Patriots at number 17. The how reason why, I don't know how he fell that far, man. I they, There were f- at least five teams that probably could have picked him. or Even your Eagles probably could have picked him at, at nine, and I would have been fine with that. But to fall at 17, he was my number one uh, cornerback. He's a great system fit uh, in that man coverage scheme for the Patriots. As well as just supremely athletic. Like, Christian Gonzalez's athleticism score was ridiculous. He had a 9.94. 9.94. That's almost as good as Deontay Banks, who had a perfect 10 on on the RAS. So, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But, you know... The, the chips fell where they fell, and, and the Patriots moved down, too. That's the funny thing. They moved down a couple, a couple of spots, and they still got Christian Gonzalez because the Steelers had moved up. I thought they were going to select Christian Gonzalez, but they selected an offensive lineman and Bradrick Jones, who's not bad either, who's, who's a really good, solid pickup for them, especially in the run game. So that was really good for them. But, yeah, Patriots just getting Christian Gonzalez, just falling to their laps. And then, obviously, Brian Branch to the Lions at 45. I can't believe we passed up on him, like, repeatedly. I mean, I understand. He's not our type, but at least take a chance on him, right? Even if he turns out to be, like, 85% of Minka Fitzpatrick, which is his closest comparison, that's still a top-10 safety in this league with slot cornerback experience in Alabama, too. Right? So. Yes, he's not the most athletic, but he would be a fantastic selection for us, especially in a weak, weak, weak safety class, uh, week safety position for us. Um, and it's at a place where all of our safeties are on like one year deals or on the last year of the deals in, in like Darnell Savage because they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So this could have. This could have been fantastic for the Packers, but instead he went to the Lions. Like you mentioned, they now have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Brian Branch and a couple of other players, so we'll see how they utilize all their defensive backs. Number three, again, we've mentioned this before, Darnell Washington falling to the third round, pick number 93 to the Steelers. Same thing as with Branch, he's such a versatile, you know, Previously, it may not have been a scheme fit for the Packers to get Brian Branch, but he's still such a utilitarian player. He, he's so vert- versatile as a defensive back that he we could have made it work. But with Darnell Washington, he is a scheme fit for us. He's still versatile, and we still didn't pick him. For the Steelers, it's great because this means that Fryermuth, Pat Fryermuth, is now more like the Mike Gesicki mold. Where he's a big slot wide receiver, and then Darnell Washington is the extra O lineman. Plus, they got Broderick Jones now. So, two of the most massive athletic players on the O line are on like the right side now, right? If you just take a look at who the who this uh, the the Steelers depth chart is now, right? In terms of their offensive line, you got Broderick Jones as left tackle, Isaac Samalu as is left guard. Mason Cole is their center. James Daniel and Chikwuma Okorafor, who uh, is their right tackle. So let's say you put um, Darnell Washington on the right side or on the left side, either side, right? And then you have you then have Pat Fryermuth, who is your who is your um, who is your, your starting tight, tight end, right? Yeah, tight end one. one. Right. And then now in, in terms of your wide receivers, you obviously had given up on. Oh, my God. who was the wide receiver? Chase Claypool. Chase yeah. Claypool is now with the Bears. Right. But now you, you still have you still have George Pickens, Alan Robertson and Deontay Johnson as your top three receivers. Plus Pat Farmouth, plus Darnell Washington, plus Najee Harris. So that's a really, really good uh, receiving core right there. So that's really good for the Steelers. He's going to be huge red zone target. He's going to be fantastic in the run blocking, which is what your offensive line is built to do. So that is really good for the Steelers. I, I really see them as a top fifteen offense now, especially if they focus on the running game, kind of like what the Titans do with uh, Derrick Henry, just ground and pound, right? Uh, mm-hmm. With Najee Harris, who can sustain those loads, especially behind this type of an offensive line. I think it's fantastic for them. Um Then, number four, uh, Jalen Carter to your Philly Bulldogs. I, I just cannot believe how Fla- <laughs> how he fleeced the entire NFL again. Like, stupid sea chickens. All you have to do is just select Jalen Carter, and we would have been fine. But no. And speaking of sea chickens, <laughs> my last <laughs> Shandar pick at pick number 20 was JSN. How... Were they able to land Devin Witherspoon at five and then pick JSN at 20? Like the fact that now the trio of wide receivers for the Seahawks is DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett and JSN is a huge boon to Geno Smith, who has had a very surprising, surprising career revival in Seattle now. I mean, the Seahawks can easily be the number five team in the playoffs in a week NFC conference uh, after, you know, the 49ers being the division winners. <clears throat> So it's really good for the sea chickens. Ah, uh, great for, um, g- great, great for Seattle and JSN. Anyways, that's it from my side. What about Doc Chuck? My God, dude! Like I couldn't agree
1: with you more on that. But with this side, pick number twenty-five for the first from America. You have saved yourselves, and no, you have America has to thank the <laughs> Buffalo Bills for selecting Dalton Kincaid over the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) Oh no, say this with me. How about them Cowboys? (laughs) They're an accident
0: waiting to happen.
1: And uh, yes, but then again, thank you Bills for doing America a service by by preventing another top high-ended talent from going to the Cowboys. That desperately needed tight end. I mean, if you remember in 2018 when David Akers had that speech in Dallas during that draft, they say, hey, Dallas, the last time you guys went to the Super Bowl, those draft picks weren't born. (laughs) 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 It's true. And... um. And 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 with that, the Eagles selected Dallas Goddard. Get it, Dallas Goddard over the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they get Dalton Shul- Dalton Kincaid over Dalton Schultz. So and but the best part of it is he's a great backup for Dawson Knox, and he can and 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 he's like very versatile as a as a deep threat and a catcher another target for josh allen to throw to you don't need to depend upon stefan Diggs too much you don't need to depend upon gabe davis maybe Khalil shakir or whoever that they have on running back and josh allen doesn't have to sacrifice his body every single time and he let the fps in catches last season with 70 catches with utah and natural field versus and he's very excellent against zone coverage man Did you know he had 46 catches against zone, which is the highest? And ESPN has him as an offensive rookie of the year candidate. Now, now with pick number 30, how in the world did Nolan Smith fall to Philadelphia? I will never know. But thank you, NFL, for doing this. And you know what? We might as well rename the draft to the Howie Roseman Invitational because he will keep on fleecing teams. And I mean... You adding more bulldogs to this team, pure athleticism for an undersized player. I talked about him already. Speed and great, and some good power. Great rotational piece uh, with like the likes of Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, maybe Derek Barnett, maybe Teron Jackson or Patrick Johnson, Kyron Johnson. But my God, Nolan Smith to that defense. You're shutting down the run and you're getting to the QB. How about that? And I thought another one which I really liked was pick number seventy-three in the third round. The Giants getting Jalen Hyatt, man. I had him going in as a as an early second-round pick, but he had, and of course he has a speed and can win with the deep ball. But he definitely needs to work on some route recognition. Um, but then again, I think Brian Dabo will help him out, and whoever their wide receivers coach is. But it also depends upon Daniel Jones. Does he have the ability to throw the deep ball? He can. He, he's very excellent with the short and the intermediate passes, but the deep ball is what I'm going to see. He'll definitely team up with Jamison Crowder, Darius Slayton, DeParis Campbell, maybe Isaiah Hodgins. Um, they did cut Kenny Galladay and um, and release Kadarius Toney. Um, I mean, if he gets open, good luck trying to tackle him, man, because he has that ridiculous speed. Then... Pick number 51 at the second round, Miami's selecting Cam Smith. Great, um, which I thought was really good. Great ball, great pickup in the late second round. I had him, I had him as a late first round and early second. He is a pure ball hawk, smooth with excellent foot, with excellent foot speed and fluid hips. Um, he could play in the boundary slot safety. He has a versatility. You're basically adding him to a lineup with Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, and Keon Cross. that's going to be good. And my last one, Anand, you're going to be surprised. I had Jonathan Mingo going to the Panthers at pick number 39. I mean, the Panthers lost that wide receiver physicality with DJ Moore to the Bears to get that number one pick. But, I mean, adding Jonathan Mingo to that line, I mean, to this wide receiver room that features like Adam Thielen and DJ Chark, um, and also getting Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst, like this is gonna be really, really good for him. I mean, Jonathan Mingo, He has the speed. I mean, he has decent speed, but he has the size. I mean, six two, um, and yeah, he has 6'2", 220 pounds. Um, and and he has familiarity with playing with Matt Corral back in Ole Miss in twenty twenty two. So um, I he only played like six games um due to a fractured foot. So. He, um, but his breakout season was last year after Kral went pro. He had 51 passes, caught 51 passes, 861 yards, five touchdowns. I think this really helps out that Panther, this developing Panthers offense. So these are my top Shondar picks.
0: All righty. Now on to our cup picks. Let's just, all righty. Number 12. Thank God the Lions failed in the first round, right? After <laughs> after a fantastic second round, they failed in the first round. I'm, I'm glad for that. They started with choosing Jameer Gibbs at this pick, a running back. I mean, I understand that Swift had a down year this year, and he was let go, along with, you know, the king, Jamal Williams. But to select a running back at such a premium position when there were other holes for them to fill with, like, I don't know, Christian Gonzalez at cornerback? I don't know. I can't know. understand it. Exactly. I can't <laughs> understand it. Like, even if they selected Kalaji or even Brian Branch, I wouldn't have minded it. But to, to get an RB uh, running back at this position, nah. And then, similarly, in, in that vein, at number 16, the commander selected Emmanuel Forbes. This would have made sense if they didn't have Christian Gonzalez on the board. But they did. I mean, I understand Forbes is a ball hawk, but you can get such a talented and an athletic corner in Christian Gonzalez that is worth much more than a ball hawk because of the fact that if you're a shut down corner, you're taking away the opposing team's biggest receiving weapon instead of maybe getting in position to steal picks, but letting wide receivers run rough shot on you.
1: Dude, and he's so, skinny, dude. If you see his body frame, man, he is skinny, dude. Like imagine exactly. him going up against like AJ Brown. AJ Brown is going to throw him to the ground. Imagine right. going up against Christian Watson. Christian Watson with the speed will throw him to the ground. Man, right. I mean, like, come on. Right. You to go, right. on Christian Gonzalez at that pick. Go ahead.
0: Exactly. Um, so yeah, not saying that Forbes is bad because he's not. He he's a really good ball hawking CB, and that's really good, right? But Christian Gonzalez was still on the board, so I would have selected him. The third pick, the Bengals select Miles Murphy at twenty nine. Okay, it's an okay selection on paper, but based on the needs that they have, they could have, for example, supercharged their offense by selecting a tight end like Michael Meyer or a cornerback like Joey Porter Jr. or a safety like Brian Branch at 29. I mean, that's basically in the second round, plus you get the option of the fifth round, uh, a fifth-year option right? if they select in the first round. So I thought that they were going to get a tight end like Michael Meyer. But, okay, Miles Murphy is an okay selection, but I thought that they could have done better. Um, the fourth pick is pick number 15 jets. Pick up will McDonald the fourth. (laughs) Okay. like, I understand the top tackles were off the board, but this is a reach for a special type of player. That's too gadgety. Okay. Maybe they could have picked like Anton Harrison or, uh, who would have probably been there or tight end like Michael Meyer, Dalton Kincaid, or even, you know, if they wanted pass rush, they could have gotten Nolan Smith, who would have done a better job at, than Will McDonald. Um, I just think that that's a reach for Will McDonald. I think Will Will McDonald would probably have gone where Nolan Smith should have gone. And like if those picks were swapped, then that would have made much more sense. But it didn't happen. And then the last cutout pick that I have is the Jags uh, picking up Brenton Strange at pick number 61. So at the end of the second round. As a tight end, I had him as like a third round or maybe fourth round uh, guy who was selected after other tight ends. Uh, for me, he's ranked ninth out of uh, out of the top thirteen um, for me, and especially after Darnell Washington, who went almost thirty picks later to the Steelers, right uh, from from the Jaguars. You already have a receiving tight end in Evan Ingram. You get someone like Darnell Washington who can expand that offensive line and can be a huge red zone target, right? I just don't get this one. I, I don't get picking up Brenton Strange over Darnell Washington. Or you could have you could have selected Tucker Craft even if you didn't like uh, – sorry, not Tucker Craft, but someone else. But Darnell Washington was there. That should have been the pick for the Jacks. Anyways, that's it from my side in terms of the cutout picks. What about you, Duck
1: all right. Let's start with this. Pick number 99, round 3, Anant. If you're at the round 3, what do you do at pick number 99? You look for best available, right? Mhm. Do you go with a kicker at that position?
0: Mm-hmm. At round 3. Unless he's Evan McPherson.
1: Exactly. The niners selected Jake Moody from Michigan. Um I'm going to repeat why do you select the kicker in the third round? This is not an Aaron McPherson story. You could have selected a better player, maybe for your offensive or defensive line, or maybe even wide receiver, but no, you went for a kicker instead. I'm guess, uh, yeah, they only had the third round. They did not have any first or second round picks due to the Trey Lance and Christian McCaffrey pickups, but then again, and then number, then next one, pick number 18, round one to the Detroit Lions. You first get a running back with Jameer Gibbs. And then, and with that, you give us DeAndre Swift back. We will take it. And then, okay, Anant, why do you, why would the Lions select a linebacker at number 18? This has to be a Dan Campbell pick, mm-hmm. but this linebacker class is so bad. It's so bad. Like, he is not a first round pick. I would have picked him at either second or third round at best, but a First round pick to get Jack Cam- Jack Campbell—that's a bad one. And then, and then this is gonna shock you, man. Number eight, I had the Falcons selecting Bijan Robinson at number eight. Bijan is a great yep. player, but to select him at number eight with the Falcons when they have so many needs—they could have selected like a good offensive tackle. They could have taken Broderick Jones, but. It, it's you already have a good functioning in Tyler Algier, maybe Cordell Patterson, but why, why, why does Arthur Smith really want to continue building up this pipe dream of of this um, of this Titans running back offense? Man, like I am very very shocked about this pick. And then I had pick number forty seven, second overall. The commander selecting J- T- Jartavius Martin, defensive back from Illinois, who's probably going to play safety. Um, you already have a cornerback in the first round. I thought you'd go for his different position, but why do you select back to back? I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, you want to select with Kendall Fuller, Rashad Wildgoose, and, and Emmanuel Forbes, just to name a few, and Benjamin St. Just. But I don't know. I think it's a good player. But I don't like to pick where it's at. And I think it was like, and again, like, I know, like some people said, like, it's way too early for him. And I have to agree with the consensus on that one. And last but not least, Anand, here's my surprise. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? The Cowboys taking the wrong Smith. <laughs> he took the wrong smith <laughs> what can go wrong will go wrong you, you poor cowboys i mean you were so bad against the run and of course who do you get you get mozzie smith from michigan 6'3 323 pounds but I, and you know what on i had him going in the second or the third round when i did my mock drafts i mentioned like oh i'll take mozzie smith at this position but who take him at the, in the late first round, would pick number 26. He's a good run stuffer, but he's not a great pass rusher. He only had 0.5 sacks during his three years in Michigan. So th- this was a reach at best. Reach at reach. And this is what the Cowboys do. This is what they do, man. But they, but one thing that the Cowboys are proving is that they have never failed to surprise us, especially with the expected. <laughs> getting Tyler Smith and then Mozzie Smith. <laughs> and they miss out on the wrong Smith. They could have gotten Nolan Smith, but he he was there. <laughs> oh, pathetic Cowboys.
0: All righty so <laughs> yeah i like it i like it a lot uh.
1: <laughs> let's go <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: so that wraps up our draft recap now we're gonna do a short short little preview of the nfl schedule okay and we're just gonna do 10 minutes total we're not even gonna do 10 minutes each so i check this is gonna take a long time let's go yeah
1: 10 minutes total
0: yeah Alrighty. So, in terms of our team's outlook, for me, the Packers, I think our best record is probably going to be ten and seven, maybe a wild card uh, position there. Uh, our losses are probably going to be to New Orleans twice, against the Lions, uh, the Chargers, the Chiefs, definitely the Panthers, maybe, and the Vikings. Uh, so we probably split the Vikings, we beat the Bears, and we beat all the other teams on our on our uh, schedule, including the saints and the Panthers or sorry, saints and the Falcons, but 10 and seven, I think is our highest, highest possible reach, right? Especially if Jordan love balls out. Okay. The worst record that I see is probably six and 11, because I think the talent is there to be pretty decent, not like a sub five win team. But it's really going to depend on Jordan Love. So if Jordan Love stinks in his first year as a full-time starter, six-eleven is what I see. Right? We, you have your loss against New Orleans. um, You have your two losses against the Detroit Chargers, uh, Panthers, Chiefs, and then you know losing both times to Vikings, the Giants, the Steelers, and the Falcons. Like I could see all this happen if Jordan Love doesn't play well, and if it's up to our defense and they get tired. And our rotation stinks by our defensive scheme so on and so forth most realistic for us maintaining the same record i think we go eight and nine same as the last year same as last year uh with the um with our record and then in terms of our losses we treat it the same way with with our best record in the in the seven losses right you have new orleans Two times, Detroit, Chargers, Chiefs, Panthers, Vikings. And then plus, we probably lose to the Giants and the Steelers because they just have a better team. And and, and just maybe better quarterback performance during those two games. So I think if it's an up and down season for Jordan Love, then most realistic aspect for us is probably going to be eight and nine. Um, and I don't mind that because we have, I have no expectations from Jordan love. I have no expectations from the Packers. I'm literally going to go game by game, cheer the team on, hope for, hope for a win and then see how it goes. Then hope for a good next year, especially if we get two first round picks next year. And especially if we do bad, then we get like a top 10 pick next year where we can target one of those sweet wide receivers, maybe even move up to get a quarterback who knows. We'll see. Anyways, that's it from my side. What about you, Doc Chuck? Definitely a good thing. Um, definitely good. Uh I think with
1: this is going to be definitely be a game to game. Um, my best record, I did a look did a look at this and I did talk with Pete um with of uh, the Pete and Nathan show. Um I the best record I had the Eagles going 13 and four with some regression. Um losses would be with the Cowboys at Dallas. You lose to either Miami or New or the New York Jets, then of course our definite losses are going to be the Chiefs and the Seahawks. I mean, the Chiefs—they're the Super Bowl champs. They're going—they're still going to be tough. Seahawks, the Eagles haven't won there since like 2008, and um, the Cowboys and the Eagles haven't beaten the Cowboys um, at their at AT and T since 2017. So, um, and the Cowboys will always play tough. Um, that's like the but. But then again, we have to keep an eye on Jalen Hurts. Is he going to continue that MVP-like season that he had last year? And can this defense rebound from a 70-sack team that nearly made it and, but, and, and still have that much effect? Um, and then also, with with the def- with both the offense and the defensive coordinators being gone and with new ones, how are their schemes going to help this Eagles team? Are they going to be like just a one-hit wonder? That's um, that's going to be something to keep an eye out for, but the worst, but with the worst record, I had the Eagles going ten and seven. They lose to the Cowboys in Dallas, but this time they actually lose to Miami and the Jets, and um, of course, Chiefs, Seahawks, and then you lose to the Buffalo Bills, and you either give up a trap game between the Commanders or the or the Giants, because the command like because apparently. The, that commander's defense is going to be is really really good no matter how hard no matter how hard you try and play them like you think oh it's going to be an easy win they will play you tough and the Giants I think um Brian Dable may have some things that could surprise the Eagles either the Giants or the commanders I see the Eagles going 10 and seven at worst but realistically I see them going 12 and five we still lose to Dallas Kansas City um Seattle and Buffalo, um, but some. But I can also see. But I can also see the Eagles slipping up against the Commanders, because apparently that th- that kind of, those kind of crazy moments can happen. And um, if you think about it, when the Eagles had the undefeated s- record going so far, their loss was against the Commanders, and it was it, and it was a combination of bad luck and some bad defensive playing or some bad offensive turnovers. So weird things can happen in the NFL, but at best I got the Eagles going 13 and four worst. I have them going 10 and seven. Realistically, I have them going at 12 and five.
0: All righty. So that concludes our podcast for today. Um, If you guys loved it, please leave us a review at one of the four platforms that we host this podcast on apple google spotify and pocket casts or send us an email at nfl at gmail.com spelled as nfl m a s a l a at gmail.com or oh, rakshak uh, and also you can find us on instagram
1: at nfl a two zero two two that's right our nfl uh, our um our instagram handle is at N F L M A S A L A two Zero Two Two All Lowercase.
0: Alrighty, so now we're gonna hit you with our signature outro. Go pack go. And fly Eagles fly. Take care, y'all.